The following episode is dedicated to the life and memory of our friend, the sex idol, Rex Backus. Ohio Media School Studios. Welcome to the Dark Match Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt Barger and Patrick Carney. Damn you, dude. Damn, Damn you me. to hell. Damn you to hell. Why? Why? Yeah. You know why. Uh, it's not my fault. Yeah, it is. No. It is. It's so- this area's fault. It, it, I don't think it's any area's fault. Yeah, well, I'm just, just blaming you. Say what I did when I got in here today. Well, you should do that every single week. Well, I'm gonna now ask Mahesh what I say, Mahesh. I said this is our new process. This, I said this is gonna. That happen. should have been our old process. You seen how dirty that was, dude. No, it was. Dis- it was dusty. And it's stuff, disgusting, and because of you, I lost an entire a week. week. A week. An entire week of my I'm life. Still not feeling 100. No, I feel terrible right now, but well, I've also nighttime. talked a lot more than I have yeah, the well, last few days. Yeah, but. It's also nighttime. It gets worse. Yeah. Well, the worst of it all is, like, especially when I'm sick. Like, I normally take that opportunity. Like, I'm not at work. Like, I can watch TV. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to watch anything. I didn't want anything to do with Dude, light. I didn't want. I just Lights were not my friend. Alone. No. I just wanted to be in bed with a blanket over my head. Yeah. Well, That's all I wanted. Yeah, for those individuals that don't know. Cold, though, and then I'd be hot. And then I'd be cold. And then I would be hot. And you and I had the exact hurt. same thing. Oh, dude, I know. Remember? No we wonder our wives like. No wonder our wives think like we cheat on them with yes. each other. Yes. Well, like, we had what you call the dark match flu. Yes, it's it a new sucks. variation. No, it it's sucked. terrible. Fever, sweats, yeah. like sore headache throat. That was like body a aches. Headache, but it was oh, like a headband, god. and it went all the way around from your head oh, to your neck. Oh my god! It was. God awful. Yeah. It was so bad. I hope nobody gets this. No. I hope and no one does. If you have already gotten it, I'm sorry. Yes. But hey, at least you're listening to us, so you're feeling a little bit better yeah. cuz you're We're tolerating not. us cuz I could barely tolerate anyone talking to me when and I was we, sick. Sir, and we we roughed the snowstorm to come out tonight. Oh my god. We've had like what? Over 2 feet of snow in this area in the uh, last couple. like two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half, three. Yeah, we're over 3 maybe in some areas. Yeah. I but, mean I, I'm here. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm happy to be home. here, but... It's going to be crazy getting home. No, it's going to suck getting home. Yeah. But, I mean, I got four-wheel drive, so... I don't. I love it. I, I, I fishtail, and, like, I, I just... I know how to See, get around it. That's how I am. As so, long as you drive smart, then you're yeah. okay. So, it, it was an exciting week in wrestling, though. Yeah. I mean, not a whole lot to really touch on. And I, I'll, I'll blame myself. I'm not going to lie. It's my fault. I really hadn't caught up on too much. Yeah. Which, like I said, it, we it, had a bad. We had a it's long my week. fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. I couldn't really. I couldn't make it out to any wrestling shows. 
I, I didn't want to watch anything. The thought of the even screen, opening my light, eyes was... The lighting of the screen hurt. Oh, my... I, I looked at you, and I said I wanted to turn the lights off in here, yeah, man. It's too bright. That'd be a little weird, though. And I've been out by. since Wednesday. <laughs> it's been almost a week now, and I'm Three still... Three men sitting in the dark in a studio. That might be a little yeah, just, weird. It, I mean, there would be the light of the screen, but... That's <laughs> yeah, romantic. I mean, th- there is <laughs> one huge question that I have to ask, so... Before we ask that question, I want to touch on our guest last week. Okay. That we asked. crazy. uh, No, not that. We're going to touch on that in a second. I know what you're talking about. But we asked for a little insight to what this big major announcement was going to be. He really didn't give a whole lot of insight. Couldn't really, I don't think. In which I understand. Even off the air, he's like, look, I can't really touch on it. He can't really say anything. Which we understand. Like. And, we, and we're not individuals where we don't press anyone off. No, there. never. Like, we're not twisting anyone's arm. Because it's we like, have nothing to, I mean, we're not going anywhere with Yeah, like, we'll look right at something. Like, I have no problem. Like, hey, man, we're not recording. We'll edit yeah. it out if you want to tell us. If you don't want us. it on here, tell yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is. Hey, I, I can't say anything. Okay, cool. Yep. No worries. Drop and we it. move on from there. Yep. Well, he, he didn't say anything, and he made his announcement this past Saturday, and that individual sucks. obviously is Jack Pollock. Yeah, it sucks. Who just made an announcement that he will be missing a year plus. Sucks. Yep. And it is because of a torn, torn AC, ACL. ACL. God. ACL. Dang it. Tore his ACL. He's going to be out for over a year, so he's on the shelf. So we wish... All the best going out to yeah, Jack good Pollock. Luck, Jack, we're rooting for you, buddy. We we'll really are. Yeah, I wish fine. we would have known that last week. I wish we would have known the announcement because yeah. the conversation would have been yeah. a, a little bit different. Yeah, would have. But, but we have to have a very serious conversation right now about what happened shortly after that announcement. Jeez. So it was a hell of a weekend for for two of our former guests. Yeah. That, of course, being Wardlow, who Correct. defended successfully mm-hmm. his. IWC Heavyweight Championship. But at the same point, it was a very successful night for our former guest, Jackson Argus. For a couple reasons. Very much so. So the first reason is he won the reset button. Reset button. So that is an opportunity very similar to a Money in the Bank, but you can cash it in against any champion of your choosing. At any time. Not any time. Oh, okay. I mean, at an event. I mean, you can't walk up to him at Starbucks and be like, we're fighting right now, man. Yeah, like you're walking. I shouldn't have done that. My throat hurts. You're walking down the aisle at the grocery store, and you just happen to pass them at the pop tarts, and you're like, "Boop!" Hit the button. Hopefully, they're not looking at pop tarts. Those things are freaking bad for you. The hell's wrong with the pop tart, dude? It's not good for you. I have a big problem with pop tarts. Put it in the box. There you go. Thank you. But not only did he win the reset button, but shortly after the time frame of saying their goodbyes to Jack Pollock after he made his announcement. Um, Jackson turned on Jack Pollock. You could say that. And looked at... What's he call that movie does? That I'm not 100% certain on. I mean, it's kind of like a code breaker in a way, isn't it? it? Or was it... No, it was... I was trying to remember watching the video. Like, he grabbed him and turned him... No, it was kind of like a downward spiral. But like okay, with the yeah, legs yeah. up. Yep, yep, you're right. So it. I'm thinking of a different video. Yeah, <laughs> it where he jumps up, he grabs him. It's yeah. kind of like a forward. The best way to truly describe it, it's like a forward zigzag. Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking of. Yeah. Zigzag. Sorry. Yeah. So 
he hits him with that, gets up, gets at, uh, goes over to R.C. Dupree, who's stunned, shocked yeah. of what just happened, looks at R.C., and he said, it's been you and me since the start, and it's going to stay that way. And not trying to toot his own horn, but as soon as that happened, how quiet that crowd got because they wanted an answer. Jackson had that crowd in the palm of his hand. Yeah, he did. He could have said nothing and walked out, and yeah. he still would have had the same amount of heat. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I'm, – I'm not happy with it. I'm IWC, excited for it. IWC's do, doing a really good thing. He's making them regret the fact that the fans didn't vote him as the most hated man in IWC. He might be this year after that. Oh, he's going the to be. beginning of the year. But he's also probably going to be the most loved, too, because he's probably going to be the world champion by the end of the year. Yeah, well, with that reset button. That can he be three-time rookie of the year and be the champion? I don't think he can be three-time rookie of the year. I think <laughs> that's a stretch. All right. I think that's a stretch. All right. But, I, I mean, we can continue along talking about IWC. I think we should just get to this interview, man. I, I truly agree. So we had a very exciting interview. And we kind of got a little off topic. You, unfortunately, weren't in for it. Yeah, but, but I'm ready to hear it. Oh, yeah. It's very exciting. We we touched on it. We even touched on some beef that he has with uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder as nice. well. Nice. So you're going to hear all about that. I love We're going to get to <laughs> You love beef. Yeah. Beefcake over here. <laughs> but we're going right, <laughs> to get right into our interview right now. We have the retrosexual Anthony Green. So I do want to thank you for coming on. As you had mentioned, you're kind of dealing with a little bit of the same weather that we're dealing with today. And obviously you're not a big sports fan, but we'll get into that and kind of get to know a little bit more about yourself. But for those individuals that don't know who you are, you are the retrosexual Anthony Green. But before we get to your character today, I want to take a couple steps back like we always do and get to know what led you to where you are today and obviously what your goals are and where we can expect to see you next. So taking a couple steps back, where exactly are you from? I am originally from Randolph, Massachusetts. It's just a small little town, basically a suburb of Boston, uh, though my fans know that I now currently reside in Dangertown, USA, uh, which is right next to Parts Unknown. Okay, so we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah, not too far away. <laughs> so growing up outside of Boston, I, I would only imagine, it, you had mentioned before we started recording, you're not a big sports fan, but that's a huge sports town. Uh, you guys either bleeds like a certain color or you don't and in that case you support a different team so growing up what, what was your childhood like was it more or less going to Fenway Park and watching the Patriots or was it more like going to indie shows and kind of getting that wrestling bug early on in life so it was kind of a mix of both um I believe I went to a professional wrestling event before I ever even went to a sports event and I even went to an independent wrestling event before I ever went to a sports event in my area. Um, the first indie show I ever went to was in 1998. It was in my hometown. It was called the USWF. The main event that evening, uh, the referee one for one was Tim White, uh, who lives in Providence, Rhode Island or is from the Rhode Island area. So he was local enough where he made the drive down to do the show. And the main event that evening was Pierre, the Mountie, not PCO, uh, just 
a local guy that did a mounty character versus WWF star The Warlord uh, was the main event that evening. Um, though when I was a kid, I, I though I've always loved pro wrestling, I did stay active and play sports. Uh, I played baseball. I played soccer. Uh, when I was in first grade, I was even in a bowling league. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Candle pin bowling. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but um, it's basically thin pins in smaller balls as opposed to the normal 10-pin bowling with the holes in the balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard of but, it. Um, just, I've never partaken in it, but I've definitely heard it's, of it. Uh, your candle pin bowling is like a New England-based thing. So Massachusetts-based, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, that like this this region is where it's basically based out of. Um, but yeah, I've just the one thing that always stuck with me. Though I I did go to sports games. Like I've been to Fenway Park many of times. Um, I've been able to go to a Patriots game. The only thing that I've always loved that like wasn't just like a small part of my life was pro wrestling. Now with pro wrestling, was that something that was predominantly available in your household or was it something you just kind of stumbled into? Um, the way that my mom tells me is that she turned on nitro one night when I was really, really young and I just stopped doing whatever I was doing. And I sat in front of that TV and just watched. So there was something about the characters or the colors that like really caught my interest or piqued my interest. And then that Christmas uh, she got me all the WCW uh, San Francisco toy company, basically like the ripoff LJN figures, the Hulk Hogan and uh, the Jimmy Hart and uh, Sergeant Craig Pittman and Alex Wright. And I just locked myself in my room at must have been three years old, just playing with these action figures all Christmas. Oh, nice. Now, you seem to be pretty knowledgeable with figures, too. Or is that something that you still collect today? Oh, yeah. Now, as a matter of fact, early chief plug, uh, my Instagram account, I have a secondary one. It's called at Retro Collects Stuff. And it's uh, basically my wrestling toy collection as well as my pop culture collection. I collect all sorts of action figures, whether it be wrestling, uh, Ghostbusters, the Goonies, New Kids on the Block, uh, anything that I really enjoy. I'm a big New Kids on the Block fan. I'm a big movie buff, especially stuff from the 80s, if you couldn't tell by the name Retrosexual. So um, big collector when it comes to, to toys and just neat little pop culture trinkets and whatnot. Oh, yeah. When you dropped the, the San Francisco reference, uh, I was like, he's got to be like a toy head like me. So, <laughs> And being like an 80s kid myself, I, I'm a huge fan of like the 80s, just the 80s toys, too. The toys today, I mean, they're nothing compared to what we had back in our – obviously, some of the toys that we probably have are contained with like lead or something, but they definitely hold <laughs> up better than some of the toys today. And – um one movie that I was obsessed with growing up that I still have the toys to this day still in the box and refuse to open it no matter how many times I'm tempted. I have the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like I have. Like, oh, wow. So I have like the original like um, phone booth. I have like both Bill and Ted. Then I have Rufus, who was George Carlin. Um, I have Abraham Lincoln with like his little keytar. Um, apparently. <laughs> Like, if you push his back, like, he'll pretend like he's playing the keyboards. I, I don't know if he does. I've seen videos where he does. I still haven't opened it. 
So those are like my like 80s movie. I was a huge Bill and Ted. Like that was the movie like with you with Nitro. When I was like two or three years old, my parents put me in front of a TV in front of Bill and Ted. I can still to this day watch that movie from start to finish and still quote it. (laughs) (laughs) So you start collecting these toys. You have a secondary account, which we'll plug as well in the description as well in this video. And also uh, when we post on social media, we'll also tag everyone. So if they do want to check out your toy collection and kind of follow along to that as well, because there's a lot of people. Uh, now, I'm not going to call them toys. I'm not going to call them dolls either. They're action figures. But yes. what are some, uh, other than what you've referenced so far, what do you kind of, because my, my buddy Mike does it too. He, he's really into the Hasbros. So he is constantly going to different thrift shops. And, like, he knows, like, especially with wrestling figures, he can tell you, like, oh, no, this was, like, a Walmart exclusive. This was a Walgreens exclusive. Like, do you get that deep down into the world of wrestling figures to know, or even action figures in itself, to know, Um, like, oh, well, this was only exclusive here? uh, I I won't say I get that in depth, um, but speaking of Hasbro's, um, other than a couple of ones that are impossible to get my hands on, like a Moonbelly Kamala or a Rhythm and Blues Greg Valentine, I officially only need a Mail-Away Undertaker uh, to finish the entire Hasbro set. Mm-hmm. Um, for Christmas this year, my girlfriend got me the Mail-Away Hulk Hogan. She will not tell me what she paid for that thing, but I know I know how expensive that, that toy is. So I, I do finally have it in my collection, though. Oh, nice. Yeah, he is, like, he goes through, he's like, well, this was from this series, He this was from that series. So props to your girlfriend, because I know how much those can go, especially with those yeah. exclusive figures. So put a ring on it already. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say I have a little bit of uh, heat with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, because I feel since the beginning, the inception of their podcast, a lot of action figure prices have gone up on eBay and on other websites because the uh, the figure itch is becoming more and more popular to be scratched so that the toy uh, inflation is going up right now. It really is. So one one action figure that I have originally, I, I was looking at selling it, I have like... Um, I have, like, a Sandman figure, like an ECW Sandman figure I was looking to to dump off. I ended up selling it to my buddy. But originally, many, many months ago, it, it, I could have probably sold it for, like, $10, $15 on, on yep. eBay. As soon as that podcast came out, now kudos to them because they came out at the right time. They came out right before they started doing these podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. No offense, mm-hmm. they're the most popular hobby podcast there is. I mean, I can't think of many people that are tuning in to listen to, like, trains and stuff like that. But they have the most popular, and I don't want to get heat, but who knows? There's no such thing as bad heat. But I don't want to start heat with Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, but they have definitely taken that market to the next level of popularity and made it twice, if not three times as hard to finalize and and pretty much close out some of the collections that we have because everyone wants to get in on that action, whereas it was easier to find now. It's 10 times harder to find, and the markup on them has gone astronomical because now they know what to look for. And they get pretty in-depth, too, like especially even with serial codes and stuff like that. So 
kind of jumping back into it, we can talk about – I'm sure once we stop recording for everyone's listening pleasure, you and I could probably have a conversation for hours about this. So <laughs> you're watching Nitro. You have your action figures from there. You're probably around about three, four years old. What kind of progression from there? Because you're still a younger guy. So I can only imagine that you're three, four years old. You're probably watching Nitro probably around about 90, 98, 99, probably. I, I'm not sure. but Believe it or not, it was, it was earlier. It was, it was really? 96. Oh, yeah. wow. So you got an early start into to Nitro. Were you always like a WCW fan, or do you find yourself kind of jumping in between ships and seeing, okay, well, here's these WCW characters. Let's see what characters we have on WWE. F at the time. So I don't think he was ever like, uh, I'm choosing, because I was so, I was a kid, so like I don't think I was ever like choosing sides, like I'm going to watch WCW. But at, at some point during, it must have been 97 or 98, I kind of watched WCW less and really started focusing on WWF during that Attitude Era. Though I can always remember bits and pieces from both sides because... Uh, a family friend of ours had a black box and would tape all the pay-per-views for me and I'd be able to watch him. And my dad would work the night shift. Uh, he was a police officer. So at 1 a.m., he would record on the Spanish channel uh, ECW. So I was watching so much different wrestling at such a young age in 1998 that I was able to like really... I guess get a taste of everything and also really figure out how much I loved pro wrestling as opposed to just it being a, a phase because I'm a little kid and these are my Power Rangers instead of, you know, Tommy and Jason. Yeah, and now we're we're older kids and we're still looking for those action figures. <laughs> <laughs> sure are. <laughs> those ones too, that market on even Power Rangers has gone up astronomically too. So... You're jumping between all these different wrestling promotions. You're watching ECW. You're watching WWF. You're watching WCW. Uh, you're expanding your horizons to pretty much determine that you are, a, obviously, a wrestling fan. But what was that moment like? Uh, was it something in particular where it just kind of clicked in your head where you were like, you know what, this is what I want to do with my life? Because you, you had mentioned you were playing sports as you were growing up, and uh, most kids usually have those thoughts in mind that, hey, I want to be a professional athlete, or maybe you want to follow in your dad's footsteps and become a police officer. What was that moment like when you decided, you know what, no, I want to be a professional wrestler? Um, I, it, I would have to say it was watching season one of Tough Enough, because it was the first time I've ever the actual training of pro wrestling and also watching a bunch of Joe Schmoes, just a bunch of average people start from the ground up and learn professional wrestling. And that was me at seven years old. I was like, oh, no, I, I can do this. And I remember well, my mom used to do like a walk around a tr around like a, a local track every day. And I would just start going with her and I would run around the track. Like, yeah, I want to be I want to be on the next season. I'm going to be the youngest person on, on Tough Enough. At seven years old, I thought that a, a big Vince McMahon was going to offer me a spot on the show very early on. So <laughs> um, it, it was probably that point. As a matter of fact, people always think I'm kidding and I'm, I'm dead serious. Maven uh, Huffman, season one winner of Tough Enough, former hardcore champion, is my favorite professional wrestler of all time. Uh, as a kid growing up, he was my favorite wrestler for the sole reason that he was just an average guy 
that wanted to follow his dream, became a WWE superstar, did it for his mom, who was not was was very sick and was able to to live his dream as a pro wrestler from 2000 to 2005 in the WWE. Oh yeah, and eliminated the Undertaker in the Royal Rumble. Sure did. That was 2002. Yeah. And, like, I, I watch all those shows, too, and just kind of thought to myself, how crazy is this? Like, yeah, you get to see, like, the behind the scenes, which not many people got to see, especially, like, with us growing up. It, it was a large majority of the behind the scenes were – it wasn't talked about. Yeah, You didn't get to see what really went into it. You didn't get to see a wrestling school or what a wrestling academy was or anything like that. It, it, it was very strange, to say the very least, to get that behind-the-scenes look and see – the craziness that really goes on behind the scenes. And the only, the only behind the scenes look at that point was the, uh, secrets of the, like the secrets of pro wrestling exposed. Right. And, and like that came out that a uh, Harley race produced. Yeah. And wasn't that around the same time that like behind the mat came out too? Oh yeah. Beyond the mat came out in like 1998 or 1999. And I believe the, the secrets exposed came out around 1998 as well. Oh yeah. And like even behind the mat, like that was just that movie in itself just like crushed my life growing up. I was a huge Jake, the snake Roberts fan, like everything uh. Jake, the snake Roberts in my life was just like he was my superhero like growing up like i had like the wrestling buddies and everything and then watching that movie i'm like oh behind the scenes oh here's uh here's a look at jake the snake roberts demons and like the real person that he is behind like all this allure that we saw on tv and like here's where he is now like an alcoholic like battling depression and all this stuff it, it destroyed me as a kid so, but going back to Tough Enough, I mean, they had a couple different seasons there too, and even in that first season, there there's a couple people that are still involved in the in the wrestling industry. I know uh, you're going to hate me. I'm sorry. Um, I, I wanted Josh Matthews to win season one. He, he was my, he was my number two pick. So, but I I wasn't a fan. Like I know that they did it the next season. They gave it to two uh, two females. I yes. I was not pulling for Nadia. I wasn't a big fan. I love the angle that she had when she came out with Jamie Noble, but was not a fan of her on the show. I was hoping that they were going to go like um like two men or whatever maybe maybe just give like a surprise contract. But lo and behold, like look at Josh Matthews now still working in the wrestling industry, doing great things on Impact and married to Madison Rain. So I mean, uh, it kind of worked <laughs> out for him. Not doing too bad. <laughs> so after you you see and and kind of decide from there, uh, tough enough, you kind of determine that you're not going to get a contract or get invited onto a show at seven years old. Did you kind of just see yourself going into the next room and saying like, "Hey, you need to sign me up for this wrestling school," or did you like go online and try to find as many different wrestling schools as you could? I didn't really even know like what to look for at that point. The first time I ever found the possible idea of going to a wrestling school, I was at or going to a WWE house show. This had to have been 2004-ish, 2005. And uh, a guy was passing out flyers for a, a local wrestling school. It was called Slam Tech, based out of Rhode Island, which was like 30-ish minutes from me, 35 minutes maybe. But 
to have my parents drive a, at the time, 12-year-old kid to go to a wrestling school was just not feasible. Um, 30 minutes to and from every, every week. Um, and the you had to be 14 years old to sign up anyway. So I had two years. Uh, lucky for me, within that next year, I found a local school 10 minutes, not even, from my house. Uh, not the best wrestling school, um, but a place that taught me the basic bumps and it allowed me to make connections with other places and go to shows and do ring crew and meet other people. So I think that was more important for me. And I'm actually friends with a lot of the people that came from that school. Uh, most of them don't wrestle now, but uh, I'm still friendly and still talk to a lot of the people that came from there. Uh, and, and yeah, I learned my basic bumps there. This was 2006, uh, September 2006 when I found the school and started training right away. My parents signed a waiver. I was only 13 years old. And yeah, I just basically did ring crew and learned the bumps for about two and a half, three years. And then I became a referee in September of 2009. So ladies and gentlemen, well, let's take a little bit of a pause from our current interview to touch on a topic that has been premised on numerous episodes. You've heard it. On our show, you've seen it on our social media. If you haven't, well, let's bring you up to speed. Coming up on February 2nd, taking place at the Richland County Fairgrounds in the Arts and Crafts Building, you will see ASWA Saturday Night Slam. You're going to see multiple different matches taking place, but, of course, the one that we're all talking about is the main event. You're going to see myself teaming up with Izzy Lambert and teaming up also with the TNA Hall of Famer, the Monster Abyss, to take on the team of Man-Man Fulton, Benjamin Bartholomew, and J.J. DeVille. And that, of course, is going to be an epic match you do not want to miss. Some of us are looking for revenge. Some of us are just looking to get our face punched in. So you definitely don't want to miss that event. You're also going to see such superstars as our former guest, the redneck kid Robbie Collins. You're going to see Kid Collins. You're going to see the Universal Champion, Ethan Wright, and so much more. Tickets are available in the link in our bio. So if you go to Instagram, you go to Twitter, you click on the link in our bio, head on over there, get your tickets. Tickets are still available, but trust me, they're going soon. It's definitely an event you don't want to miss. Great family fun opportunity to meet the TNA Hall of Famer as well. So if you haven't made plans for February 2nd as of yet, do so now. Head on over to our page and get your tickets now. You had mentioned you didn't go to the best school, but you found the basic information when you first started. Did you go afterwards? And when you said that you became a referee, when you decided to get back into wrestling, did you go find another school to kind of improve your craft, or did you just kind of make that jump in itself? Oh, so during that time, I would still I would find places and train, and whether it was just like once every few weeks or whatever. Um, so I, I never got like away from it. I, I was always doing ring crew, always, you know, finding a place or if they were still running class, I would go there. Um, I was still there when I started refereeing in 2009, that same school. Um, I made the official jump to a different school in 2012. Uh, when I was, when I turned 18, I began training at Spike Dudley's lockup wrestling academy nice um run by spike dudley nick Steele, and h2 of ryan waters uh they gave me the confidence i went i went there just for the sole purpose of getting on better shows and still just wanting to be a referee but uh h2 of ryan waters 
and Bob Evans and Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis, uh, specifically those four, gave me the confidence and told me that they thought that I could be a wrestler. So that made me start training and doing more of like the drills as a wrestler as opposed to just, you know, refereeing the drills. And uh, yeah, it gave me the confidence to want to wrestle. Started having a couple matches and I refereed and wrestled all of 2012 uh, and half of 2013 up until I decided in June 2013 that I wanted to just be a wrestler. Now, when you went on to become a wrestler, when you decided and to go back to some of the names that said, like, look, you can do this. Those are definitely some accolades to have. Having those individuals tell you, like, hey, you you have the chops to do this. Let's go and obviously take off the stripes and put on the trunks and get back in there and let's see what you can do. And it just kind of gives you that confidence boost that you need. So when you start off, we had mentioned at the beginning of the show, you, you go by the retrosexual Anthony Green, but... Previously, you you went by all good Anthony Green. So tell us how you kind of progressed from, and excuse the the pun here, it's not really a pun, but kind of explain how you went from this green guy to the character that you are today. Uh, Before we even get to that point, I do want to say my first ever wrestling name I ever used was Josiah Matthews. Josiah Matthews and A.G. Saint were like my first two wrestling names. Um, I thought of them myself. It's not like someone gave those to me. I thought Josiah Matthews would be like my NXT name one day. I was like, this, uh, there's there's Cable Jones. There's, <laughs> there's like all these ridiculous names. Uh, Eli Cottonwood, Husky Harris. <laughs> And then they're going to have Josiah Matthews. I thought it was great. But yeah, no, um, all good Anthony Green came up kind of as like a joke almost, like because I wasn't good and everyone knew me as AG, um, which Anthony Green is my real name. They're like, oh, yeah, you're, all, you're AG, all good, Anthony Green. And it just kind of started as a joke. And then one show, uh, the fans just started chanting, it's all good. And it kind of like it kind of have like a nice little ring to it, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of alliteration anyway. So I wasn't gonna say no. It, I, I had nothing else going for me at the time, so I thought it'd be cool. But leading into becoming the retrosexual, I thought I kind of all good kind of did did everything it was going to do. It wasn't gonna get me anywhere. It was a silly nickname, and uh, it was just a generic wrestler, basically an unexplained wrestler in tights. There's no real character. It was just a guy that wrestled matches, and his name was All Good, Anthony Green. Which brings me to my next point. I needed something, something that people could grasp, something when I walk through the curtain, regardless if they understand, oh, he's the retrosexual, he's from the 80s, uh, they'll at least look at me and go, oh, I kind of understand that, or oh, I, I get that. I see what, what, he's, what he's doing. Um, and I knew I needed a change, and... As a movie buff from the, uh, an 80s movies buff and someone that enjoys 80s pop culture and 80s music, I thought this is a version of me times 100. Anthony Green loves the 80s, well, retrosexual AG really loves the 80s. Yeah, and it kind of goes into the character that you just described with it being a, I mean, I, I don't think I could put it any better. It's kind of just a mirror of yourself. It, it is really your yeah. character in itself. And it's just kind of taken and to use an 80s movie reference, you kind of just spinal tap it and you turn it up to 11. Mm-hmm. So, and you, you found some success with it. I mean, uh, we can go through all the accolades and all the different 
promotions that you've been in, all the different titles. You, and you've held not only singles titles, you've even held some tag team gold as well with the likes of Gregory Iron, to name one. But out of all those different promotions and all those different just traveling in itself, and we're only talking a few years. I mean, you start when you're 14. I hate to guess people's age, but I would say you're probably around about 24, 25. Nailed it, 25 years old. Perfect. I was a little hesitant there. I never like guessing age, but... Uh, you're you're 25 years old. I mean, and you've had a hell of a run just so far with so much light to go. I I don't want to kind of predict what to see in the future, but what what kind of goals do you have set for yourself? That obviously, with it being a new year, you have over 300 days to accomplish them. What kind of tasks do you have set out for 2019 for yourself? Um, I wrote down my goals. I think that's something really important to do for anyone listening, regardless if that's a wrestling goal because you're in professional wrestling or if you just have a goal in life uh, at your at your regular job or school or whatever. Always set goals. Um, I set a couple this year. One in particular is to be able to wrestle full-time and be able to quit my part-time job um, and just say that I'm living my dream and, and I don't want to just be one of those guys that is, is making zero, zero money wrestling and just bare bones living. Like I want to be able to live a comfortable life and be a professional wrestler. Um, so that's, that's a, a goal that I've set. Another goal is to sign my first contract. But at the same time, if I'm able to make a living wrestling on the independence, maybe that contract isn't as important. Um, but it's something that I would love to do one day and be able to help with that comfortable living. Uh, smaller goals that I've set, uh, I'd like to wrestle outside the country. I've been able to wrestle in Canada, but I'd like to add a different country, whether that be Mexico, Germany, England, uh, Australia, Ireland, anywhere really. Um, I'd like to wrestle in five new states that I've never wrestled in before. I've already been able to check off one this year. My first show of the year was in Florida. I've never wrestled in Florida before, so that was pretty cool. Um, And I'll be adding my second in less than two weeks now. I'll be making my debut in Indiana for Black Label Pro. And last but not least, uh, a goal that I've had for years now that has yet to come to fruition, I would love to win a recognized world title. Um, Not just a local company that calls it a world title or not like a local heavyweight title, something that has a pedigree behind it. For example, the CZW World Wired Championship uh, is a title that I'd like to hold this year. Jordan Oliver currently holds the CZW Heavyweight Championship. And uh, there's plenty of other titles, too. I'm sure, obviously, the NWA National Championship currently held by Willie Mack is another one that's probably on your radar as well. That, uh, I'm really ho- I'm really hoping Billy Corrigan decides to bring back the uh, NWA World's Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, I definitely could see that in my future as well. Um, ra- random thought, by the way. Uh, so you're from the Cleveland area, correct? Correct. I will be wrestling in Cleveland, Ohio in April. Uh, I don't think it's announced yet, so we're announcing it right now. Spoiler. April 12th. Uh, April 12th, I'll be making my debut for Real Shoot Wrestling in Cleveland, Ohio. Nice. Yes. Yeah, that's at uh, Turner Hall. I wish I knew the answer. That sounds about right. I've actually refereed in uh, Turner's Hall on two occasions for AIW back in 2012. Nice. 
So yeah, we have quite a few different uh, different rec- wrestling promotions here. Obviously, we have AIW, like you had mentioned. I mean, I, we can have an entire podcast of uh, of Cleveland promotions. But have you wrestled? I you mentioned that you have refereed in Cleveland. Have you ever wrestled in in Cleveland before? I've never wrestled in Cleveland, but I have wrestled in Ohio. I've wrestled in Niles, Ohio. Uh, Northeast Wrestling does their um, Wrestling Under Their Stars tours uh, throughout the Northeast area. They sometimes make it down to the Mid-Atlantic, and now they go to the Midwest and run in Niles. And I had a tag team match where me and my former tag partner, Cam Zagami, wrestled... uh, Former world champions, Magnus, a.k.a. Nick Aldis, who is actually now a current world champion again, mm-hmm. uh, and Ke- and Kevin Nash. What a match. What a match. Now, was he going by Nick Aldis, or was he going by Magnus at the time? Uh, he, he was Magnus at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's getting a lot of notoriety now, too. He's definitely found that platform that he, he's... I wouldn't say that he hasn't had. I mean, there's the diehard fans, that the real wrestling fans that know the career, whether it be Nick Aldis or Magnus has had, and now finally finding that notoriety to say to everyone, hey, I'm the NWA champion. He's really brought that title back to the prestige and also the, the tradition and the heritage that that title really holds. So, I, I mean, you could always put... Nick Aldis on that list too for people of 2019. You've already wrestled him once. Yes. So you have something to kind of build off of and and pretty much say like, hey, we have a history. Remember that night under the lights? Yeah, I haven't forgotten it. And then just go and get the NWA championship. Yeah, that should be easy. Sounds real simple. It is really simple. So just give just give Billy Corgan a call and he'll get you right in there. Wish it was that simple. I really do. Now, you've never wrestled in Cleveland. Coming up on April 12th, uh, you will be making your Cleveland wrestling debut. And you yes. will be coming up in a couple other states as well. Now, you said that you were in Florida. Who would you wrestle for in Florida earlier this year? Uh, it was Blueprint Pro Wrestling um, right outside of Miami, Deerfield Beach. And I was set to be in a uh, a triple threat match, but due to reasons beyond uh, one of the wrestlers' control, he had to leave early, uh, family emergency. So I ended up wrestling Darby Allen that night. Oh, outstanding! Yes. Uh, so we had a great match. He beat me, that jerk. <laughs> and uh, that's one of the events too. That that was earlier this year. I know that. Um, a couple different people were on that show. Uh, Simon Gotch, in particular, we had talked to him. Jeez, I, I think it was right before that show too. We had uh, like a follow up conversation with him, and like we saw a few little blips and pieces of it. Now, I want to say that one of the the moves that Darwin did didn't it go viral? That Darby did? Yeah, that that Darby did. Oh um, no! But that weekend is the weekend. Uh, his wife's video went viral of the uh, tampon coming out of the trunks. Yeah. Okay. That went viral that weekend. No, no, no. I could have swore that uh, that Darby had had a move that that went viral as well. Like he jumped off of like a balcony or something like that. Speaking of uh, just viral videos, I want to, uh, if it's okay, I have someone I'd like to put over. 
Uh, I did a show this weekend in uh, Orono, Maine for Let's Wrestle, which is the sister promotion for Limitless Wrestling. And there's a kid by the name of Antoine Nicholas, and he attempted a top rope shooting star press. Was that the fuck it video? That is the fuck it video. I've seen that video. And he is someone that I know. He's a kid that I know. Really good kid. Uh, He is... Like, oddly excited that this all happened. Like, he, in, the nice way to put it is he's like a relatively, like, non-known independent wrestler. No one knows who he is. Until now, um, when he Merrick braved himself, I guess would be the, the phrase. And Merrick Brave actually reached out to him and had a lot of, like, positive stuff to tell him. Um, but like, not to worry about it. Like, you gotta laugh this kind of stuff off. Um, you know, accidents do happen, botches do happen. Um, I told Antoine that life's a botch, and then you deal with it. Absolutely. So I just want to put him out there. He has a a Twitter account. It's Antoine A N T O I N E the number seven and Nicholas N I C O L A S. Uh, you guys should give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram, uh, a.k.a. The Fuck It Kid. So, yeah. Wow. Hit my boy up. That's awesome. Like, now at this point, like, every single time that he hits the shooting star press, before he does it, he has to yell, fuck it. And I then- think there needs to be a, a, a redemption video for him. I think if Tosh.0 comes back out or something, he, he, he deserves a yes. redemption for his uh, shooting star mess up. Or there should just be a shirt that he comes out with that it would literally sell like crazy if it's just a it's just a shirt that says F it on it or if he wants to keep a PG or if he doesn't care, he can put fuck it on it. And then it's just a video of him doing a shooting star press onto a turnbuckle. By the time this comes out, I actually helped him with his shirt design. It does say F it. It's actually really clever. The U in, in fuck it is a silhouette of him doing the shooting star press. Underneath the I in it, the turnbuckle. That is so awesome. Like, please. So, oh, my God. I can't wait until the, I will buy one. I'm saying it right now. All right, great. I'm saying it right now on the podcast. The second, the second that that goes on sale, I'll be the first sale. I want the first shirt. Deal. I, I will let him know that I, that I mentioned it today on the podcast. We'll tag him in this as well. So we only have a couple more questions for you. Well, actually, I shouldn't say a couple more. I usually ask one, and then my co-host does. But because my co-host is not here, I'm going to ask it. So I have one final question for you. Now, in the world of professional wrestling, we're, we're big on ribs. We're big on practical jokes. We're, we're big on laughing at ourselves. Now, we want to know the best rib story that you have, whether it happened to you, you did to someone else, or something that you experienced. But what's the best rib story that you have? So, back in the day, uh, this was when I was still doing a mix of wrestling and refereeing. Uh, I don't know if this is a rib as much as it's just cruel to do to somebody, but uh, the promoter comes up to me every year. They do this big battle royal, and the winner gets a trophy. He pulls me in the office. The promoter pulls me in and says, you're winning the Rumble this year. So I'm like, wow, that's really exciting. Like, I get, to, I, get, I get a little trophy. This is really cool. He tells me who like the final three are. I'm one of them. So now it comes down to the final three, 
and one of the opponents goes, change of plans, you're not winning. I'm like, wait, what, what do you mean? I, I was told I was winning all along. He goes, no, you're not winning. I'm like, uh, okay. I get eliminated. And I, you know, you, you know, you think as like a younger guy in the business, I'm, I'm re- I've only been wrestling for like a year now, uh, or maybe even less than a year. I'm like, well, they really just like screwed me out of winning this like fake rumble for no reason come to find out it was all a setup and like the timekeeper of the the show ends up winning the rumble but no one told me so it's just like a a crappy like not clever rib that like i thought i was about to be like beat up for real in a pro wrestling ring it's very stupid i'm sorry if that's not a great story but no that's no. the first one that came to mind <laughs> no it's completely fine so and it, it, i i experience multiple different stories just like that as well where uh, they're told one thing you think like you just messed something up like oh my god i'm gonna get reamed for this and it turns out that you were just a part of the rib the whole time yeah (laughs) we do want to thank you for your time here today we look forward to everything that's coming out not only with yourself but also that wonderful t-shirt that i can't wait until it goes on sale but if you want to follow along at the bottom of this video and also a tag to all of our social media sites. You can find Anthony Green everywhere he's going to be as well. Anthony, thank you so much for your time here today. We wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Thank you. Dude, do you feel like your throat's literally just collapsing on itself right now? <laughs> yes. I mean, well, we've done uh, multiple interviews. Yes, we have. I mean, we're popular and we... Uh, we're very popular. Yes, these days. We, we pay a lot to be popular. We're the only people working in Ohio right now, so there's nobody else to talk to. <laughs> so <laughs> they're all calling us. Well, I, I think it's funny that this coming weekend, we're not working. Well, we are working. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be working or no? No. Oh, you man. You got a show? Well, uh, the big one. At the IX Center. Oh, no. You yeah. got that? You yeah, I got that? it all weekend. Oh, yeah. Have fun with that. Uh, no, I'm not going to have fun with it no, at all. not on that. And then, obviously, I have to leave early on Sunday to go get prepared for our party oh, yeah. at home. Yeah, that's going to be the fun day. No, it's, it's just absolutely god-awful. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Yeah. Well, it, it's just such a huge hassle. Obviously, with the Rumble, like, having the kids, it's it, – there's only so much you can turn up a TV – but during the rumble, I yeah. want it as loud as possible. Yeah. Like I want to hear the music. Like especially if like somebody shows up. If somebody shows up, right. it's like who the what the hell? Like what? Like this person's coming out. That's awesome. Like I want to be able to like to hear it. Yeah. So I've already like looked into options of like surround sound, which Shannon has already kicked out. You like, need to bring mine over. <laughs> no, don't do that. But, <laughs> I don't have well, surround sound. I, I don't even know what kind of surprise. Like <laughs> I I, I'm I'm huge against spoilers. Yeah. I, I tell people that all the time. Like I used to have this buddy that would send me these links every day, like from different sites. Oh, like, you uh, know who that is here? R D. You know the initials. R D. R D. He's the guy that always spoils all the stuff. At our work. I hate it. Like when Triple H was going to walk out and then win. Hey, man, you know Triple H is going to win the Royal Rumble. I'm like, you son of a bitch. I called that beforehand, too. Because it just made sense. I know, but I would have rather been surprised, and he told me. We were sitting there. now I'm like, don't tell me nothing. Well, when that happened, like I was like, we were sitting in my basement when it happened. And I was like telling every single person there. I'm like, I'm calling him right now. But I knew four days ahead of time. I kind of called it like four days ahead of time. I was just pissed off. I, I It wasn't a spoiler. It's just if I was the writer, that's the w- direction I would have went to. Definitely. It was the right way to go. Yeah, that time. was the right direction. 
You put it on Triple H. Mm-hmm. So, it, don't tell me about it when it's gonna happen. Oh my God. It's so annoying. Yeah, I'm I'm not big on spoilers. It's like if you go see Star Wars before my broke ass does, don't tell me what happened until I got twenty bucks to go see Star Wars. Yeah, you need to you need to get twenty bucks. Or maybe stop putting all your money in the damn curse jar. Hey, you know what? Boop-oof. And that's why you're broke. <laughs> You've literally popped about like forty bucks in there tonight. <laughs> like forty dollars. Every F was worth it. Just like that, That's literally, your cuss bombs, your cuss jar is like what most people make an hour, you know. and you just put an hours like pay in. I mean, I'm not smoking cigarettes anymore, so I got to spend well, yeah. my extra money somewhere. Congrats on that, by Thank the way. You. Congrats on that. Thanks. I feel like I've smoked a carton of cigarettes, yeah, I and I bet. didn't even have any. I bet. So I, I, I think. I think it's time to go home. I, I think so I gotta too. I got to go get the horses untied so I can get the sled going out there. So oh, you my God. All You're the way ridiculous. Back down to Cahoga Falls. You're ridiculous. Well, we appreciate everyone sticking around. Hopefully, we haven't gotten shut down by Zack Ryder and Hopefully Kurt Hawkins yet. Hopefully, the roads aren't Jed. shut down. Uh, if they are, my car can go through it anyway. I don't care if a cop tells me I'm not allowed to go down the road. I'll just go around them. But hopefully, we're not shut down by Kurt Hawkins or Zack Ryder. We apologize yeah. for everything that was said during the interview. Yes. But let's be honest. Not our, not our views. It, no, no, no. No, no, no. Because it was my view. Oh, okay. Not Matt's view. <laughs> no, because if you were, if you were here for the interview, you would have agreed. I know. So I'm just to kind of give you an insight, the the just trying to distance the statement the that drama. was made, the statement that was made for it was as simple as possible. It was ever since this podcast started with them, the figure market has skyrocketed. Figures that would normally cost X amount to find, yeah, are now three to four times more because of that, which is great for the sellers. Yeah. But for the avid collectors that really want those figures, yeah, it's becoming harder and harder to finish their collections. Yeah. So that was our only beef with it. No, and that's understandable, and that's their fault. It's not their fault. It is. I mean, their damn internet. I show. just wanted to be known that that's Matt. That is Matt damn now. Bastards. So he said that it you was not. Come for you, Kurt Hawkins. You're going to give you the next loss. Yeah, and your expensive toys. But that Kurt Hawkins toy ain't expensive. Boom! And on that note, Matt is no longer on the show. <laughs> we want to thank you for coming and tuning in this week. Be sure to subscribe at the bottom of this video. Also, make sure to drop a rating as well. Send us a picture. We'll give you a shout-out on the air. Also, tune in next week. A very, very, very exciting interview coming up that, honestly, we could not be more excited to share with all of you. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at the Dark Match Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dark Match PC and follow us on Instagram at Dark Match Podcast. Be sure to send us a message as well. Let us know that you're listening and what you think about the episode. And also, always just let us know who you would like to hear on the show next. Just like this week's episode, coming in straight from one of our followers who had requested they wanted to hear from the retrosexual Anthony Green. And hey, we came and delivered. Ask and you shall receive. So just tell us who you want to hear on the show. We'll make sure we get it done. But be sure to subscribe once again. You guys enjoy your your holiday weekend. Is it a holiday? Yes, because it's the Royal Rumble this weekend. And it's yeah. always a holiday with the Royal Rumble. It's a royal weekend. It is a, a royal. royal weekend. Oh, oh that hurt. <laughs> that I really have a great night. Watching your face. Oh, boom. <laughs>